Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, November 26th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, 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 the more things stay the same, the more they change. Wait, isn't that backward? Why, yes. Yes, it is. But apparently, that's how the markets view the world because, you know, the markets are whack. Before we get into all of that, I hope you had a very happy Thanksgiving holiday. Question for you, did you eat your soy-based dinner? Yeah, that sounds disgusting to me as well, but that was the suggestion offered by the St. Louis Fed to deal with inflation. Did you hear about this tweet? I'm not kidding. I'll embed it in the show notes page. Here's what the St. Louis Fed tweeted before the Thanksgiving holiday. This is a direct quote from their Twitter. A Thanksgiving dinner serving of poultry cost $1.42. A soybean-based dinner serving with the same amount of calories costs 66 cents and provides almost twice as much protein. So, yeah, sorry we have spent the last 100 years or so destroying the value of your money. Eat a nice soy turkey to make yourself feel better. You know, this reveals just how out of touch the political class has become. And and make no mistake, these central bankers are part of the political class. They strut around and talk loftily about their political independence. We all know this is BS. They are cozied up with the politicians and the bureaucrats. And I'd bet dollars to donuts that St. Louis Fed President Jim Bullard didn't eat a soy turkey. So, while we're on the subject of the Fed, let's talk about the reappointment of Jerome Powell. So Biden announced he was tapping Powell for a second term on Monday. This wasn't really a huge surprise, although there had been some growing speculation that Biden might pick Lael Brainerd. A lot of Democrats wanted Brainerd because, well, she's a Democrat and Powell's a Republican. But of course, nothing about the Fed is political, right? Now, Brainerd is perceived to be a bit more dovish on monetary policy than Powell, but that's not really why the Dems wanted her. It has more to do with the fact that she's a pretty solid lefty, and she could be counted on to drag a bunch of lefty social causes into the Fed. Anyway, Biden went with Powell and appointed Brainerd as vice chair. During his little speech, Biden said Powell's steady leadership helped calm markets as government shut down the economy due to coronavirus, and he expressed confidence in Powell's future leadership. Quote, I believe Jay is the right person to see us through, Biden said. So now both Powell and Brainerd have to be confirmed by the Senate because, again, there's nothing at all political about the Fed, right? Of course, Powell had to justify his decision to his fellow Democrats, so he appealed to Powell's independence, adding that he felt there was a need for stability at the Fed, quote, at this moment of both enormous potential and enormous uncertainty for our economy, we need stability and independence at the Federal Reserve, Biden said. So let's be honest, this is dumb guy politicking. We all know the president doesn't want an independent thinker running the Fed. The president wants somebody who will prop up and subsidize his policies. Biden picked Powell because he's confident Powell will do what needs to be done to support the Biden agenda. And I guarantee if Powell strays very far from the reservation, Biden will start yelling about how awful he is. Remember Trump? Trump spent an entire year fussing at Powell for not cutting interest rates in the middle of the greatest economy in the history of the world. 
This whole Fed independence thing is nothing but BS, and we all know it. The central bank was created by the federal government. The federal government makes the rules it runs by. The president appoints its leadership. The Senate confirms its leadership. And most importantly, the Fed monetizes the federal debt, making the massive level of borrowing and spending possible. The Federal Reserve and the federal government work hand in glove, and people stand there with a straight face and say the Fed is independent. Who believes this stuff? Anybody who actually does believe this stuff probably ate a soy turkey for Thanksgiving. So anyway, we got Powell for another term. This is the status quo, right? Things are going to continue along the same path, ostensibly. I mean, that was Biden's whole pitch. It's about stability. And what did the markets do? Well, gold sold off sharply on the announcement. The dollar rallied. This was due to expectations that a second Powell term will mean tighter monetary policy to fight inflation. So basically what the markets are saying is the status quo is going to be completely different this time. And when we're talking about a gold sell-off, we're not talking about just a little dip. I'm sure you know this. Gold plummeted some $70 over two days, dropping back below $1,800 an ounce. Now, as of this morning, we've gained a little back. Uh, We're back above $1,800 an ounce because now everybody is all antsy about a new COVID variant. Regardless, that big sell-off happened, and as I said, it was all because the markets decided this means there is going to be a war against inflation. You know, uh, both Biden and Powell mentioned inflation in their little press conferences that they had after uh, Powell's reappointed. So I guess everybody said, well, they mentioned inflation. They must be ready to do something about it. Now, you do realize this makes absolutely no sense, right? We're going to have the status quo. We're going to have stability. And what is the status quo? Loose monetary policy, quantitative easing, 0% interest rates, and money printing. You know, the mainstream narrative literally flipped 180 degrees with the announcement of Powell's second term. All of a sudden, sticking with the status quo is going to yield a vastly different result. Remember, just a couple of weeks ago, after the sizzling October CPI data came out, traders bought gold. They recognized that Powell was powerless to fight inflation, and he probably had no intention of doing so. Gold rallied well above 1850 an ounce. Now, all of a sudden, Powell's reappointment means there's going to be a war on inflation? A war he will actually win? It doesn't make any sense. The fact is, reappointing Powell doesn't change the economic dynamics. The Fed is still caught between a rock and a hard place. It clearly has an inflation problem. But despite the announcement of a QE taper, the central bank still hasn't done anything significant to address rising prices. As Peter Schiff put it in his podcast, the devil you know is still a devil. I think a lot of people got all caught up in Brainerd's speculation. Now, granted, she may well have been even more dovish than Powell, but that doesn't make Powell a hawk. He isn't a hawk. He's the most dovish Fed chair ever. He's done more QE than any of his predecessors, but now in his second term, he's suddenly going to become the reincarnation of Paul Volcker. Nah, man, that ain't happening. You do remember what it took for Volcker to slay the 1970s inflation, right? I've talked about it several times on this show. He took interest rates to 20%. Do you actually think Powell is going to do that? I don't think he can even raise rates to 2% without crashing this entire bubble economy. 
The entire so-called recovery is predicated on easy money. It's built on low interest rates and money printing. If Powell turns off the money printing press, the recovery is done. We're talking about a taper here. People are saying, ooh, Powell is going to speed up the taper. So what? Powell needs to do quantitative tightening if he really wants to fight inflation. He needs to shrink the Fed balance sheet. He needs to pull money out of the economy. Nobody is even contemplating that. But that's how you fight inflation. Right now, they're doing the opposite. Money creation actually accelerated last month. In the latest period, M2 increased by $193 billion. The M2 money supply eclipsed the $21 trillion mark. That was almost a 1% month-on-month increase, and it annualizes to 11.6%. This is above the six-month average. So this shows that money creation is actually accelerating. This is the definition of inflation. But yeah, we got Powell again, so he's going to fight inflation. And then we have all the Biden spending that's coming down the pike. The president is going to need the Fed to monetize those huge deficits. If the Fed tapers to zero, who is going to buy all of the bonds necessary to finance all of the federal government borrowing? I don't think the private sector can do it. I think the government needs the Fed's big fat thumb on the bond market in order to pay for the infrastructure plan and the Build Back Better plan and whatever other dumb plan will come down the pike in the next several months. That's what I mean when I say the Fed is between a rock and a hard place. It really does need to fight inflation. I mean, inflation is a thing. It's a problem. And it's running out of control. That's not wrong. But if the Fed does fight inflation, it's going to pop the bubble. Powell is really damned if he does, and he's damned if he doesn't. But as I said at the top of the show, the markets are whack. People who bought a bunch of gold two weeks ago because they were convinced inflation was out of control just sold a bunch of gold this week because inflation is toast. Okay. I've said before, I don't think it's wise to get too caught up in the latest market swings. Look longer term. Look at the economic dynamics. I say this all the time. Economics always wins in the end. You know, the markets are like Twitter. It's all sound bites. There's a huge reaction to one thing, and then tomorrow they move on to the next hashtag. You can make money playing those swings for sure. Of course, you can also lose a lot of money. I'm more of a long game kind of guy. And that's why I like to look at these long-term trends, look at where we are actually heading, not you know the headline of the day. So speaking of fundamentals, I wanted to touch on a silver report that came out last week before I closed the show. According to the Silver Institute's Interim Silver Market Review, every key area of silver demand is forecast to rise in 2021. The Institute projects silver demand will come in at 1.029 billion ounces this year. That would mark the first year demand has exceeded a billion ounces since 2015. One thing I thought was interesting is investment demand is expected to chart a significant 32% increase, rising to a six-year high of 263 million ounces. Building on really solid gains last year, U.S. coin and bar demand is expected to surpass 100 million ounces for the first time again since 2015. There's also been a big uptick in demand in India, and India is one of the world's biggest uh, consumers of silver. 
I think there's this sense that both gold and silver are having bad years, but before the most recent sell-off, silver was actually up 28% year-on-year, and that follows on a 27% increase in the price of silver last year in 2020. Looking at the supply side, even with mine output recovering from the 2020 COVID-related plunge, the silver market is expected to record a physical deficit of about 7 million ounces this year. This will mark the first silver deficit since 2015. So we have a silver-gold ratio that is over 76 to 1. That indicates that silver is undervalued compared to gold. You know, In effect, this is silver on sale. I'll link to this report on the show notes page. It goes into more detail about uh, industrial demand, uh, jewelry demand, and, and you can look at the numbers there. The bottom line is this would appear to be a really good time to buy silver. And you can do that today by calling a Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist at 1-888-GOLD-160, or you can email them at info at shiftgold.com. They'll get right back to you. Of course, this is Black Friday. You could give the gift of silver. Give the gift of silver to your kids. What a great uh, you know, great way to say I love you. Give them silver, something that will hold its value over time. So that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more. You can keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap. We're on the Apple Podcast app. We are on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. We're on Stitcher. Uh, you'll find links to all the places you can find us on the show notes page. That includes our social media links. Uh, I really appreciate you listening to the show. Be careful out there if you're running around on Black Friday. And uh, I'll talk to you all again next week. <laughs>